I can't hear you. You're on mute. You're on mute. Sound familiar? Maybe even a bit too familiar? Well, I'm Julie Holmes, the sales tech expert on the Smarter Sales Show. And if you're fed up with the same old Zooms and you want to expect more from your virtual meetings, stay tuned. You are listening to the Smarter Sales Show, where sales challenges are solved with tech and technique so you can sell more and stress less. Please welcome your hosts, sales experts and funny ladies, Merit Khan and Julie Holmes. Welcome to the Smarter Sales Show, the weekly tech tips and technique tune-up for sales professionals who want to sell more and stress less with a special focus on virtual selling. I'm Merit Khan. I'm joined by my co-host, Julie Holmes. I teach her the sales technique, and she counterpunches with the sales technology. And when that happens, you win. This is part two of our four pack of episodes on setting expectations so you're in control of the sales process. So be sure to check out the bonus content because Julie is about to unleash on you a ton of tech tips and you don't want to miss any of them. So click the link in the podcast show notes or on the attachment section if you're watching us on the sales experts channel on the Bright Talk platform. Okay, I know I'm ready. Are you ready? Let's get smarter in sales. Yay. And let's start with some statistics. So we're going to turn this a little bit into a statistics game show, Merit. Ah, so all right. just, I mean, and this is so much just for fun, but let's just say that like we're, we're a few months into the pandemic. Imagine this. We're a few months into the pandemic. It's April, 2020. How many people do you think are daily meeting on Zoom? How many people per day are in meetings on Zoom at its peak April 2020? Um, I don't even know if I can count that high, like 10 million, 20 million. A bad guess. It's not a bad guess. And this could be like the price is right where we play a whole thing. But let me just jump to the chase. It was 300 million. <laughs> 300 million daily meeting participants for Zoom in April 2020 and Zoom in Q2 of 2020. And, and this is going to be true of many of the meeting platforms, but I'm focusing on Zoom just because it was easy to pick one and that's our preferred platform. In Q2 of 2020, Zoom also became one of only three apps that have ever been installed over 300 million times in a single quarter. Wow, that blows me away. Second only, right? So the others were TikTok. Oh, and what was the other one? Oh, I can't believe I forgot the other one. Oh, I can't remember. Anyway, well, TikTok was one of them. So there you that, go. Zoom almost as yet, good as TikTok. Because we weren't getting together in person. Yeah. So yeah. Well, there you go. So TikTok became huge. Uh, you know, my daughter's helped with the statistics on the TikTok. Huh. Um, and Zoom usage increased by 67% just from January to mid-March 2020. So just in that ramp up to the beginning of, of COVID and where we were be really beginning to feel the first impacts, 67% increase. Now, there's a lot of really good reasons why using virtual meeting platforms, using them well, and using them in sales is going to ultimately help. One of those reasons, of course, is that 67% of employees say that they are more likely to contribute to a meeting 
over a video conference than they were to contribute to a meeting in person. That's interesting. It's very interesting. And a huge part of that, of course, is whether or not that environment feels safe. Do they feel seen? You know, when you see everybody's face on the screen, it makes a big difference. It also takes some of the pressure off of, you know, like, you know, kind of leaning forward and, and stepping up and, you know, like it's just a different environment. Not to mention it's it's a lot more comfortable, you know, because you're basically meeting with, you know, your your jammy yoga pants on the bottom. And, you know, it's just, it's just like, yeah, it, you know, right? right. I saw that comic the other day, the one that, you know, just shows like this woman sat in front of her closet. The doors are open. She sat on a chair in front of her closet. And she says, I just wanted to check on all of you, see how you've been. You know, like it's just shoes and dresses. And I've, you know, like I've actually went and bought shoes last week that have no heel because I just don't know that I'm ever going to go back to wearing those. So uh, here's a couple other good statistics. 87% of team members, this is an important one for sales. 87% of team team members say that video calling has helped to speed up their decision-making process. Now think about this one for a second. Back in the day when we were all in person, for us to have an in-person meeting, we would typically go, yeah, well, we'll wait because so-and-so is coming into the office next week or so-and-so is traveling. So we're going to wait for them to get back so that we can have this meeting and make our decisions about what we're going to purchase and how we're going to move forward with that. But now there's just an expectation that all you need is an open hour on the calendar and everybody can get together on that open hour. Yeah, that's so fast. So interesting. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I've learned from you in previous episodes how important that face to face connection is. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel, you know, I'm getting to know you better, just seeing your face, even if we're not in the same room. So it makes sense to me that um, salespeople would say that video meetings are speeding up their sales process because, like, if if you used to have a multi uh, a multi-meeting sales process where you had to get in front of them every single time, like face to face. Now you can cut back some of that. That can happen in a shorter period of time. You're not worried about travel schedules and things. So that's really fascinating. I didn't know that statistic. Yeah. Well, and it's about expectations, right? I mean, this is all about expectations. So people are expecting entire sales cycles to happen now without seeing you in person. Yeah. People yeah. are going to buy without ever having met you. And that makes a big difference. Now, there are some people that have suggested recently that, you know what, this is, you know, yeah, it's going to be a little bit different going forward, but ultimately we're still going to end up going back, you know, to doing some in-person selling and all of that. And, and I want to just point out a couple final statistics, which is around the fact that this move to virtual and remote, it was happening anyway. Absolutely. The pandemic increased the speed of that. And in many cases, and we've had this conversation before on previous episodes, in many cases, this pandemic is what actually pried many companies out of old, you know, um, stayed stale business processes and and forced them to rethink their business processes. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, the number of companies that I have spoken to recently who were like, you know, in the past would have said, there's no way we can go paperless. You know, there's just no way in our industry, in our company, in our, we could just, we could never go paperless. And within a month they were like, we can go paperless. Mm -hmm. Right. Or we could never be remote. Our, our, the things that we do, the way our team sells, it could never be remote. They're remote. They went remote. 
Yeah. And they've learned a lot of things. So if we look historically, even without what we've experienced around the pandemic, from 2010 to 2020, there was over a 400% increase in the number of employees who worked from home at least once a week. Wow. 400%. 53 or sorry, 55% of companies are, you know, statistically are allowing for remote work. Like we're already allowing for remote. Of course, we saw much more than that during COVID. But what I'm getting at is that over half the companies that you were probably doing business with already supported some form of work from home. Mm-hmm. And the same thing, you know, the expectations of how people were going to be working remotely has always been in the cards. The expectation was that remote work would increase by 77% between 2019 and 2022. And so imagine all these people that pushed over the edge, you know, and this pandemic encouraged and expedited that transition and change of experience Mm -hmm. and of expectations. You know, people say, well, we'll go back to the way it was. We know we're not going to go back to the way it was, but listen, even the way it was, was headed this way. Yeah. We just got there a little bit faster. So yeah, that's, that's so true. And, and when you think about, you know, the expectation that we have of meeting somebody in their office, like if they're not in their office, then there is, you know, that eliminates that right there. So another reason why we're definitely never going back. And I think, you know, as people have gotten really used to video meetings, what we, what we haven't always done is setting that expectation for how to interact on a video meeting. It's like, you know, what, this is brand new territory for all of us all at the same time. And that's why I think in, in the very beginning of the pandemic, we were seeing a lot of, you know, online training, but nobody had really done it well to that point. And so we're all learning it for the first time, but uh, you know, not really learning from people that had a lot of experience with it. Yeah. Um, happily, you have, ex- you were one of the people that did have experience with it. You knew how to do it right. Um, the rest, while the rest of the world was catching up. So I'm excited to hear what else you have to share. Yeah. I think it's, um, you know, of course there's all the kind of basic and standard stuff that we've talked about in the past about how to use zoom and, and how to use any virtual meeting platform. Of course, I'm, I'm kind of focusing a little bit on zoom as just the example, but I promise everything I'm talking about is relevant across the board. So I thought when it comes to expectations and this virtual platform, you know, this kind of virtual selling experience, it would make sense to kind of break things down in a couple different distinct ways. The first way is to talk about how you can set yourself and your attendees up for a really successful meeting by creating some expectations around that. The second one is about using it wisely. So once you're in that meeting platform, what are, you know, the way that you behave and the way that you interact is going to set an expectation for how they're going to interact with you going forward. So be good at it. Be really, really good at it because you are setting the tone for your future relationship. And then the third area I thought was worth talking about was just talking a little bit about being prepared for when things could go wrong, because you're demonstrating at that moment in time, what you're like in a crisis and how prepared you are. And one of the things we talk about in sales, of course, is that a huge important part of being a good relationship builder and good in sales is building trust. Yes, rapport is important, but you can like somebody without trusting them. So, you know, there's let's we've all known that person. 
right? We've all known that person that we'd love to hang out with. They are a proper laugh, but that does not mean that I'm going to trust them with a million dollar deal. No, or even, or even, <laughs> or even my house plants, right? I'm just not going to do that. So, you know, make sure that you're thinking about whether the behaviors that you're engaging in are generating and engendering trust or whether you're just getting by. So it's more than just rapport. When we talk about expectation setting, a big part of that is building trust. So let's start with setting yourself and your attendees up for success. All right. The first I'm going to, and this is just a bunch of tips. So I know we've gotten a lot of feedback. People really like these short, sharp tips. They really want like, oh yeah, I should totally do that. They want to check it off their list. So I've put some of these in there. The first one is before you even start looking at being in a meeting, I want you to think about your meeting schedule. One of the things that we have not done well, many of us, is that we have booked our meetings back to back. So, you know, we're like, yep, I have one meeting ending and another meeting starting exactly at the same time. Now, in reality, I want you to imagine that you have a meetings across campus, that you work for a big organization and you have to walk from one meeting room to the next. Imagine that for just a minute and try to set your schedule up like that's the case. Mm. Really challenge yourself to give yourself at least 15 minutes to 30 minutes in between your virtual meetings. Now, there's a couple good reasons for this. One, clearly you need a break, right? Everybody needs an opportunity to be able to go to the bathroom, right? For a start, right? I mean, I w- I'm not the only person who has gotten on a meeting with other people thankfully most of them internal or, or, you know, kind of friendly conversations to go, listen, before we get going, can we just have a quick bio break? Because I have been on calls all day. Mm. So give yourself that passing time. Not only does it give you that, that break that you need, but it also gives you a chance to make your notes from the call before to send that quick follow-up email with the summation of what's been going on to use those AI tools that we've talked about in the past to be able to say like, here's the quick notes from our meeting and here are the action items. Otherwise you end up getting to the end of your day and you've got all of this backlog of work to do that you haven't even been able to remember because you just kind of, you know, rush through everything. That's so important. I think it also, it gives your, it gives your head a chance, you know, you're just like finishing up this one thing and then you're, you know, you're using part of that time to just kind of mentally prepare yourself for the next one. I I think the, uh, the thing that I noticed is, um, you know, if you imagine that if you have a 60 minute meeting, then you've got a 60 minute conversation, you're going to fill the whole thing. If you set it up as a 45 minute meeting, Absolutely. you know, you got to be done in 45 minutes. So you're going to, you know, shortcut some of the fluff, get to the point and be more deliberate, intentional with your language. And you can be done in 45 minutes. It's, what do they say? Like, you know, the, the problem takes, a, you know, fills the time that you have. Absolutely. And otherwise, you know, so maybe just get in the habit of making 45 minute meetings. That's a great idea. And, you know, I think that's a really critical thing is, is especially when you talk about anything that we talk about around expectations as a general rule of thumb, I want you to imagine the expectation that you want to set. This is a 45 minute meeting, or we're going to cover these five things during this meeting. And I want you to take it one step farther and explain why that's a benefit to the other person. Mm. So we're going to make this a 45 minute meeting. Now that means we have a lot to cover in 45 minutes, but it means that you get 15 minutes of breathing time before your next call. I love that. That's a good one. And all of a sudden they're like, 
Aw, thanks. Now you're starting out that meeting with gratitude, right? Because everybody is going to be a little bit grateful for that extra 15 minutes. Yeah, I love that. And on the same token, I want I want to encourage everyone to be brave. This was a, a, a little mantra I gave myself a few weeks ago, and it's worked out incredibly well, which is hang up when you're done. When you've done whatever you need to do, get off the phone. And in fact, my challenge, and I should say, get off the phone, get off the internet. But basically, <laughs> you know, that challenge is me to try and cut every meeting a little bit shorter than it needed to be, or than it, than it was scheduled for and to make it only the length that it needed to be. And again, I can't tell you how grateful people are, you know, that I'm like, do you know what? I think we've covered anything. Did you have anything else that you wanted to cover? I'd love to give you back this time. And I would love to have this time to send you a summary of everything. That's so important. You know, even even in my meeting invite, I put that in the body Mm. of the copy. I say, you know, we've blocked out 45 minutes for this meeting so that we don't feel rushed. It may not take us that long. Absolutely. It's a great thing to say, like, you know, this meeting is up to 45 minutes long, mm-hmm. right up to, but to, you know, and, and, and here's, that's the next one, which is about, you know, setting expectations for this experience in your invitation. And that's a great way to do it. So right now, most people, when they do virtual meeting invitations, they're just using the standard invitation that comes from their virtual meeting platform right? Here's my Zoom invite. It just says, you know, Julie Holmes has invited you to this. Da, 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 da. From these times, here's 85 call-in numbers. Here's, you know, your links, all this kind of stuff. I want you to imagine that you were legitimately penning an email to them, not forwarding that generic message. What would you be putting on that? Would you have 85 call-in numbers or would you just have the one that's relevant to them? You know, would you say, you know, Julie Holmes has invited you to this generic meeting title? Would you say that? Or when you sent them an email as if you were going to meet with them in person, would you have written something different? Would you have written, hey, Merit, I've scheduled us a meeting. It's going to take us up to 45 minutes long. Here are the three big things that we're going to cover, you know, dot, dot, dot. Here's a link to get into the meeting. And here's the number. We have gotten so accustomed to just quickly scheduling meetings, we've missed the opportunity to personalize that meeting invite in a way that starts to set the right expectations and starts to set the right tone for what we're going to interact with them about and that kind of experience we want them to have. Yeah. The other thing that we can include in those invitations is the expectations of behavior within that meeting. Again, imagine you're being invited to a physical event. What kinds of information would you find useful if you were going to an an event? You would be like, what's the dress code? Um, How long is it going to last? What are we going to do while we're there? It's super easy to just put something into your invitation that says, to ensure that we get the most out of this conversation and that it gives us a chance to get to know each other better and to learn more about your business and our products, I would love to ask that you be prepared to turn on your cameras for the event and to make sure that, you know, you are, you know, everyone's using their own login or whatever it is, your expectations that you're setting. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, it means that, it, that they're getting a chance to prepare themselves mentally for that. There's still a lot of people who aren't comfortable with that. 
And that's so important. That's just so important. I I remember I was, uh, was being interviewed on someone's podcast and I thought, oh, podcast, you know, it's just audio. And it was a video podcast, like what we do on our show, you know, which is video. And then there, you could get it on the audio podcast platform, by the way, the Smarter Sales Show is available on all your favorite podcast platforms. <laughs> um, get it now but on Spotify. I, yeah. And I just didn't, they didn't make any mention of the video component to it. Yeah. And I was not ready. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think that's don't, a don't big that deal. Like it makes, it, it throws people off. Yeah right? It doesn't make us feel like we can trust. It makes us second guess our conversations and it makes us uncomfortable. So make sure that what you're expecting is spelled out so that they know what to expect so that you can deliver a proper experience. I'm not going to go on to the other things around setting up because if you go back to the previous episodes and we'll put a link to that episode in the show notes and in, uh, in our resource page, so you can go back and listen to the episode again, we did a whole thing about 10 tips to use zoom better, go back and watch that for all of kind of those detailed things around camera lights, background, Um, Another one I would say in terms of setting things up is once you're in the meeting, if you have an agenda, this is a great tip. Just take that agenda, copy and paste it into the chat. Mm. And that means that everybody who's on the call can see, physically see the agenda in front of them. And that will help everyone to stay on task. It also makes it easier for you to go back and go, listen, when we started, these were the five things we're going to cover. We still have two more left or I think we've gotten to this time in the meeting where it's ready for us to talk about this. And Merritt, I know you're going to talk about that coming up. So, you know, that gives everyone a physical visual indicator of the progress and where they are, which will make a massive difference in terms of what they expect next. Yeah. Again, we never want surprises in sales. So set those expectations early and often. All right. Number two. Use it wisely. Now, some of this is a little bit of a re, you know, repeat from our section sessions on how to use Zoom more effectively, but I want to pull out a couple that are really, really relevant when it comes to setting expectations. The first one is you are, you are telling them and showing them what you are like to do business with. So if you are just going to talk like this and you're going to be very bland. If you're going to just fumble around, if you're not going to look at the camera, if you're going to get distracted by your phone, whatever it is that's happening, you're setting an expectation with them about what you're like to do business with. You're not going to be somebody that they want to hop on a call with. They're not going to be expecting you to be super engaged with them whether they think it intentionally or not, subconsciously, they're looking at that going, this is not an incredibly engaged or engaging person. Mm. My expectations are not very high. Well, I think people are still expecting to have that in-person kind of conversation. They're just doing it in a virtual format. So if you're talking at them the whole time, they're not getting a chance to really you know, engage with you. Like, I think that's one of the big misunderstandings with virtual meetings versus in person. It's like, Mm -hmm. we haven't readjusted our own expectations of what a virtual meeting looks and feels like. Um, And I don't think we should, to be fair. I think those virtual meetings should feel 
and look just as much like they would if you were meeting in person. The challenge is, is that a lot of people get on camera and they shut down. Yeah. Because they don't have the energy that they would normally expect if they were in a room with other people and, and presenting. I mean, we, we, you know, we're professional speakers, you know, you and I have delivered hundreds of keynotes to thousands of people. And you and I both know that when you're on stage, that energy that you get back from the audience is substantial. And it, it is something that we as professional speakers, and by the way, all of you as sales professionals and us as sales professionals have had to retrain ourselves to do to say, do you know what? Virtual calls, they feel different to me, but my job is to make them not feel so different to the person on the other end. Oh, so, so you good. Know, make it interactive. And, and here's the cha- here's the great question you can ask yourself. What types of interactivity would you use if you were meeting with this person in real life? If this was an in-person meeting, what kinds of interactive strategies would you be using? I remember working with um, some insurance brokers um, and it was great. They, you know, they described the process of, well, you know, the reason why we're struggling is because back before COVID, when we weren't selling virtually, we used to sit down with the, with the numbers in front of them, with our big yellow legal pad. We used to sit down and we would write things out and we would circle things and then we would point to them and we would, we would walk them through it all. And I said, there's nothing stopping you from doing that in a virtual world. And in fact, it's more important that you do it in a virtual world right? because they need that interaction. So imagine using things like annotations, sharing your screen. It's actually brilliant. If you are doing contract reviews with a client and a prospect, make sure that you're pulling that, pulling that contract up on the screen, highlight, underlight, circle. It draws their eye. It keeps them engaged, but it's also giving them the expectation that you're not just trotting out the same old thing for everybody. You're giving them this experience and expectation that they have your undivided attention and that you are interacting one-to-one with them. Yeah. So something to think about there. Okay. When it comes to using it wisely, here's the next one I'll offer, which is use the tools that will help you really, really kick ass on virtual selling. And one of those tools, I mean, is, is down to recording, right? This platform gives you a a new capability to record and to truly expect improvements in yourself and to listen more closely to what your prospects are saying than you ever had the capability to do in person. Mm-hmm. I don't, I can tell you right now that there's not a prospect that I've worked with in the past that I would have felt comfortable in a real world scenario saying, I'm just going to put my micro cassette recorder. I'm just going to turn <laughs> that on and just set that here on the desk as if we're doing a deposition. Right. However, we are now in a world where recording meetings is de rigueur. It's pretty much standard practice. Always a good idea to let them know that you're recording. Make sure that you describe, you know, describe how it's to their benefit. I'm going to, I'm going to hit record on this because I want to be able to give you my undivided attention. And I'm a copious note taker. This is going to help me keep focused on you. And I can go back and I won't have to ask you so many questions repeatedly. I love that. Yeah. 
and then use some cool tools. I put a couple links into our resources uh, section that I really like. One of them is called Jiminy. I'm actually using that with a sales team right now. It's a super cool tool, records your Zoom meetings, and then it gives you analysis on them. So it will come out and say, here's where they were talking about pricing. And here was conversations that came up about expectations. And here were conversations about delivery. And here's how much time you spent talking versus the prospects spent prospect use talking. And these analytics can really help you to be a better salesperson, but they can also help you deliver incredible minutes and review information back to your prospect so that you're telling them, look, I am on top of technology. We are going to use the very best tools at our disposal to give you the most amazing experience doing business with us. Love that. So are you doing that? There's the challenge. I mean, that's such a differentiator. We did that whole four pack uh, of yeah. episodes on sales differentiation. You you unleashed a bunch of tools and cool tech on us in, in that series. But I think when you think about uh, expectations, the way that you show up, how you use mm-hmm. the technology, how you use your language to set an expectation that this is going to be such an amazing experience, not just if you select to work with me, but if you, you know, just in, in doing this discovery process, you know, if, if, if your prospect can walk away, like, wow, that was different. It was clear. I, I got a good sense of how they work. Um, They were good, great at listening. She was engaged. Um, She wasn't like the problem with taking notes on these virtual meetings is in person, you can still kind of look up and look engaged in virtual, as soon as your eyeballs leave that camera, you know, then you've got like, yeah, like it goes <laughs> the head bob going on. Blurry. Down, down up. Right. Yeah. And it gets yeah. blurry. Eyeball pushups, we call those. Distracting in yeah. ways that it, it isn't. So I love that idea, you know, record the calls, transcribe it, make it a benefit to them. You know, it's, you've set so many expectations just in how you laid that out. It, yeah. Yeah. I think there's a big difference. Again, you're just, are you demonstrating the type of business you would want to do business with? You know, that's a really easy question. Another great tool is called Spoke. If you're um, using Google Meetings, for example, um, Google Meet, great tool, really hard to record, makes it very tricky. Um, You can use a tool like Spoke. Um, I put a link in there. It's actually available for a lifetime purchase on AppSumo right now. So there's a link to that in our um, show notes. Uh, in our resource page, I apologize, in our resource page. And the key here is that that lets you record any virtual meeting window. Mm-hmm. So green recording tool, but it's purpose-built for that. You can even take snippets of the video and, and do almost like a summary of video snippets that you can send to a prospect. So you can be like, here are a few highlights of things that we discussed. And instead of just sending them notes, you can say like, here's the three minutes where we talked about next steps. Here's the one minute where you summarized what your challenges were, you know, and you basically give them this interactive meeting summary, which is really cool. Wow. I can see you could really do some cool things to incorporate that into a proposal. Like if you knew in advance what your format for a the proposal meeting is going to be where it's, you know, the, the issues and things you could actually take a, a snippet of them discussing their issues and saying like, has anything changed since you told me brush play? Yeah. That's kind of cool. 
Yeah, it's great. And it's a great way to keep them on track, mm. right? So that they don't kind of do the whole scope creep thing, right? Yeah, so it's like a way that. to hold them a little bit accountable. But again, it's about expectations. Like I'm listening to you. Like what you say is so important that I'm going to make sure that we have it captured for posterity. I love that. Oh, well, last but not least, last but not least is being prepared for what could go wrong. Now, we would like to think that we are all experts at what we do. Let's be realistic. Things still go wrong despite our best efforts. Uh, even setting up for this call today, we were all ready. I was clicking <laughs> on something. I accidentally closed out this window for, you know, our, our presentation. And I was like, for real, for real, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, it just happens. These things happen. And so we've put uh, one of our favorite resources, you know, a client asked us to put this together for them. Um, we were doing a, a program for their entire sales team. And we wanted to just put together a great resource that they could use that would help them anticipate anything that could possibly go wrong in a virtual meeting. So we did a virtual meeting emergency preparedness guide um, because, you know, I used to be a Girl Scout leader and, uh, you know, that's the kind of thing you do. Mm. So uh, we did a whole guide on it and that guide is available to you for free. But do know that if you look at that guide, you should definitely challenge yourself to then go and tell us how awesome we are in a review. Uh, feel free to put that review anywhere where you watch or listen. But here's a couple highlights that I just want to pull out um, as good reminders for you. The first one is to plan for those equipment outages. Wherever possible, just make sure that you have backup equipment and a backup plan in case anything goes wrong. If your internet goes down, what's your backup plan? There's new internet plans out there where you can actually get, um, it actually has a built-in rollover system. So it'll go to 4G if your internet provider goes down. Hmm. So, you know, there's all kinds of things that you can do. It might be tethering off your phone, it might be having a backup microphone or backup headset nearby and knowing exactly what steps you would need to go through in order to get it working right off the bat. Uh, a second one is, and this is great, again, along with that meeting agenda that you put into your chat at the beginning, go ahead and put in there. Like if anything happens, I've put my, my mobile phone number in the chat. Feel free to give me a call. And if you don't mind, would you go ahead and put your mobile number in there as well? That way, if anything happens, I can also reach you. And by the way, now you've got their mobile number. So you can drop them a quick text message, break the ice on that mobile number. Don't just take the number, but never use it, right? We want to set an expectation that this is a number that we have and that we will use. So now I've got this mobile number. I'm going to text them. Great. This is Julie. You know, here's my contact details. Now we actually have an entirely new form of communication that we can use, a new communication platform that we can use, which is texting, which is awesome, or WhatsApp, whatever your preferred mechanism is. And last but far from least is have a co-presenter. Most issues that you face when you're on a call with prospects can be thwarted if you don't have a co you know, they can, we can fix things. If we have a co-presenter, that co-presenter can go and click buttons behind the scenes while we continue to talk to our prospect. That co-presenter can keep the meeting running if we get disconnected or accidentally close that browser window. So there's like a dozen ways that having a co-presenter could be helpful. And if necessary, feel free to make your prospect that co-presenter and say, I'm making you co-presenter because I want to make sure that you can share your screen and that if anything were to go wrong with either one of our connections, that nobody gets kicked off the call. What expectation is that setting for them? 
They are not just a meeting participant. They are a co-presenter using that language. Everything about it says you are part of this process and part of this journey. And we are going to do this together. And that's a really great expectation to set. And I encourage you to set amazing expectations all the way through your virtual meetings. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Yeah, like, <laughs> well, you, uh, you definitely delivered on the expectation we set at the beginning of this <laughs> episode. I def- I have a, an entire page of notes and um, um, yeah, so all good things. I, w- I think one of the things that you said in early in this, in the call was um, the way that you set up the interaction sets the tone for the relationship. I just think there's so much in that one sentence that when I think about setting strong expectations, you know, because the prospect thinks that they're in control of the sales process, uh, the salesperson needs to be in control of the sales per- process. And the way that you interact from the very beginning, the way that you interact and set the tone with the technology with you know turning on your cameras like all of that is really setting the tone for how the relationship goes in person or virtually and i just think that was that was just really really rich information um so yeah i really like that there was so much i mean just you know taking those 15 minutes before or after giving them back making that a benefit to them all it's the way that you language that it's so important. There's just, there was just so much, so much good stuff in here. Yeah. Who would have known that, 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 that master's class I took on rhetoric would come in handy with virtual meetings, right? I would love to set a challenge for everyone listening, which is if you are wanting to start leveraging this kind of technology in a way to set expectations better, start by changing your invitation. For the next week, just customize every invite you send out, even if it's for a virtual meeting. You know, make those invitations personalized, make it match you and your tone. Like I'll often put a quip in my meeting invites, Mm. you know, up to, but not to exceed 45 minutes. Um, You know, like, you know, come camera ready, bring your pearly whites, you know, like whatever it is, that's my personality. And if I want to create that expectation of who they're doing business with and how it's going to be to do business with me, I'm going to put that in the meeting invite. So there's my challenge. I think well, that that's, everyone should yeah. And that's actually the perfect challenge, which is uh, leading into the session that I'm going to lead next week on our episode that is really going to give you the language and the formula. So you know me, I'm I'm big into teaching formulas. I, I really shy away from sales scripts because I don't want everybody out there saying the same things. As soon as you sound like, you know, a robo yeah. uh, call, then you're done. You're, you're done. No one wants to talk to the robo call. So, but I think a formula really helps anchor you with what are the pieces of and I'll, my acronym is plan. So how do you set, how, what do you say to set the expectations for the purpose, the logistics, the agenda, the next steps? It's a great challenge that between now and next week, really look and, and change the invitations that you're doing. And 
next week when I give you that formula, you'll have even more strategy behind that. So we're get, definitely going to talk it about is one of my favorite, favorite strategies that you share. It's and so I've been easy. really lucky when you've, when you've done coaching calls or when you've worked with small groups and I've come in to help and observe, I, it's one of the topics that I enjoy most. And I know, I know how much the people that you work with get out of it. So don't miss that episode. Everybody. You <laughs> It's, it's an easy, easy win, and it will make a massive difference in your sales processes. So while we're at it, um, and while you're taking advice from me, willingly or not, I will offer this. Please, please, please drop us a note and let us know um, what you think about the Smarter Sales Show. We love hearing from you. And if you are, you know, if you're working with fellow colleagues and sales professionals or sales leaders, and you think, gosh, they could really do with some of this, forward it to them share this with them. Don't worry. We we're happy to share. We're always happy to share. So take 60 seconds out of your day, go onto your favorite platform, give us a like, give us a follow, give us some feedback. We love it very much. And also definitely let us know the questions you want us to address on the show. In fact, um, we we made an executive decision. Normally we'll have a, a guest uh, interview for our fourth episode. We're going to actually make you, our audience, the guest stars of episode number four in our, or our, not number four, but the fourth uh, episode in our four pack of setting expectations. We've gotten actually a lot of really good questions already. So what you want to do is email us at hello at the smarter show.com and ask us any question. It doesn't have to be about setting expectations, but certainly there's tons of questions you could ask about that. And if you need a tech tune-up for your team, or you need some technique training, um, or you just want an energized virtual or in-person program for your next event, send us an email at hello at thesmartersalesshow.com. And we'd love to explore that with you and see if we can, how we can help. Perfect. I think that sounds like a great place for us to wrap up this episode because Merritt, you know, what do you do after you take a break from your online meetings? I don't know. What what do you do when you take a break from online meetings? You resume it. Oh, the joke (laughs) never gets old. And here's to all of you resuming your daily activities. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Julie Holmes. And I'm Merritt Kahn. And you've been listening to The Smarter Sales Show. Be sure to tune in every Wednesday to the Smarter Sales Show. If you want a tech and technique solution to your sales challenge, send an email to hello at thesmartersalesshow.com. And don't forget to check out the show notes. If you'd like a transcript of today's show with links to the tools we mentioned during the episode, as well as reminders when the episodes are released, please visit our website and subscribe to our email updates at thesmartersalesshow.com.